I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer? keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth, and I'm shocked right now. Why is that, Seth? Why are you shocked? Normally, before we start, for some behind-the-scenes info, before we start the podcast, we normally bullshit for a second, and then we sync up our audio, and then we have to wait about 90 minutes in silence, because it's some weird thing that you have to do for editing. But this time, we, we did our sync, and then you immediately started. There was no silence. I mean, I'm looking, so, at, I'm looking at my readout here. Is there a good 10 seconds of silence in there? There was, it was a, like maybe two and a half seconds. It was not our customary ceremonial 90 minutes, as you mentioned. Yes. But. yes. I normally watch the entire movie Jurassic Park while we do our moment of silence. There's no time for this, so there's no time to watch Jurassic Park with the sound off because it's silent. No, no, we have to, we have to go. It's late and the podcast yeah. needs to be made. Oh, yeah. We're burning the midnight oil on this episode. At 8 p.m. at night. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Oh man! So I heard that you got uh, 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 some snow. Yeah, we actually got uh, what I would consider a horrendous amount of snow, which is um, unusual so for us as Georgia boys. Yeah, very unusual. Um, it's actually weird. So the, the when I the day that I moved to North Carolina, it snowed. Um, hadn't really seen that much snow in my life, um, and then it snowed this past weekend. Um, yeah, you know, infrastructure in the South isn't built for snow, so a lot of us had to, like, stay in. Um, I had to work from home on Monday. Um, yeah, a lot of people just stayed in places. I couldn't order food for delivery. I, I made the dumb decision of, like, oh, I'm not even going to, like, buy extra food for the weekend because, like, it's not going to snow that much. I can just go to Walmart, whatever. Then it snowed a lot, and I didn't have a lot of food. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll have to order some. Damn. And then that, that was obviously all closed because no one could drive. So, yeah, I had to live off of um, very little food. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you had a real tough time there. Yeah, it was good, though. It's kind of cool to see snow. The thing that people don't tell you about snow, I guess maybe in places where it continuously snows, it doesn't, this isn't as big of a deal. But this after, when it's done snowing and it just gets super hard and it's not slushy anymore, mm-hmm. it gets really hard to deal with. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's like kind of very annoying. And also, some bullshit that happened to me. So when the day that I actually had to go to work, I had to clean my car off. And I don't own a scraper because... I live down here. I've had to scrape my snow off my window. So I did it with like just a regular dish towel, which means that my hand was freezing cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did all of that. I cleaned up my windshield, my back windshield, everything. But I didn't clean off the very top of my car because I knew it was just going to melt throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so I got into work, parked, and I, I parked on a little bit of a slope. And the top, when, I, when I'm in work, I realized that just the bottom of it melted, and then it all slid back onto my windshield. <laughs> Oh, geez. So I just had another patch on my windshield. Luckily, the guy parked next to me had a scraper and let me borrow it. So that was easier the second time. All right. Let's see. You know, working together, right? 
So do you like do you do y'all need like snow tires? No, it's not gonna snow that much to where snow tires would be economically feasible. Okay. Yeah, like I said, pretty unusual for us. Snow is not our natural habitat. It's not our element. Yeah. It's almost as if there's something that's causing our climate to change. Yeah, it's weird. It's you know, but it could be anything. You know what though, Seth? There's good news on the climate change front. What is it? Have you heard about the good news uh, that we have a new tool, a new tool to to, to stop global warming, or at least uh, delay it for a couple of years? What is it? I'm gonna give you a headline, Seth. You prepare yourself. Small nuclear war could reverse global warming for years. Hmm. There's an idea. Okay. So we can just stage a small, tiny, minuscule, minuscule, uneventful nuclear war, and it'll save us. According to this National Geographic article, uh, yes. Damn. It says right here, okay, this is, this is a great lead, Seth. Even a regional nuclear war could spark unprecedented global cooling and reduce rainfall for years, according to U.S. government co- computer models. Widespread famine and disease would likely follow, experts speculate. Mm, mm, mm. Is it worth it? <laughs> is it worth it to keep this disgusting green and blue rock alive and well in the universe? If it means a bunch of people have to die. You know what's I mean, funny is that the, the widespread disease and famine would also uh, forestall global warming because there'd be less people to put out CO2. Okay, there's an idea. Yeah, see, now we're talking. We find all people who don't believe in global warming, get rid of them. Uh, Boom. Check this out, Less Seth. people. Here's another quote from this article. Tell For me. a time, Earth will likely be a colder, hungrier planet. Quote, our results suggest that agriculture would be severely impacted, especially in areas that are susceptible to late spring and early fall frosts. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we'd have to not be able to grow some corn for a little bit. But, you know, we'd bounce back. We well, always we gotta, bounce back. All we gotta do is have a small nuclear war. Yeah. Once again, I cannot stress this enough how minuscule and uneventful this nuclear war is gonna be. Oh, but Seth, here's a great one. Okay, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. This, this is the, uh, the PA State Resistance of this fucking article. Uh, during the Cold War, a nuclear exchange between superpowers, such as the one feared for years from the United States and the former Soviet Union, was predicted to cause a nuclear winter. In that scenario, hundreds of nuclear explosions spark huge fires whose smoke, dust, and ash blot out the sun for weeks amid a backdrop of dangerous radiation levels. Most of humanity would eventually, eventually die of starvation and disease. Today, with the United States the only standing superpower, nuclear winter is little more than a nightmare. But nuclear war remains a very real, th- real threat. For instance, to the developing nuclear world nuclear powers, such as India and Pakistan. Hmm. <laughs> That's not good. You're here first, Seth. There's, there's no other people on this earth that have a ton of nukes besides America. Just us. Yep, we're the only ones. I remember that thing that happened when Russia uh, gave away all their nukes. Yeah, they they gave them the Salvation Army, right? Yeah, definitely. What what is the Salvation Army? Aren't they like a corrupt organization? I know that they ha- they run homeless shelters and won't accept gay or trans people. Damn. So don't shop at the Salvation Army, everybody. Yeah, like I've always heard they're like kind of fucked up in their politics and shit. 
so like I don't ever give like because every time I go to Walmart because I go to Walmart every two days about rotisserie chicken just okay. so you know um, and they're especially since it's Christmas time they're always standing out there ringing the bell like give us money I'm like I don't think I should give you money no man fuck those guys yeah they discriminate so. it's like why don't, it's, it's like it's like one of those things where you just don't hear about it but when you think about it for more than a second the name Salvation Army makes so much more sense when you realize that it's like a Christian thing yeah it's like a weird religious I can't even think of a word for it and where is this Bad army thing. at they're building that's what I want to yeah, know about that's how, that's how I worry about like they're building they're, they're getting a big budget for this army where are they at who are they going to fight yeah, who's who's the enemy of this army you're building? Is my question. That's what I'm curious about. Are they trying to conduct some sort of like, I don't know, uh, Christ Christo mystical ritual to, to draw down the armies of heaven? Who knows, Seth? Inquiring minds would like to know. Yeah, it's a scary thought. They could do anything. It is, dude. You know what? You know what rule though. What? Is if all the apocalypses that the various religions that have ever existed happened at the same time. Mm. Yeah, like what if everyone's right? Yeah, dude. And like all, and even like the higher powers, they didn't even know. They're like, oh wait, like like some, I don't know, some Hindu gods. Like, wait a minute, Jesus Christ is real? That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> this is fucking How's wild, going? bro. Yeah, dude. That's we didn't even know. We should meet sometime. Oh my god, dude. Odin's getting eaten by a giant wolf and all of a sudden yeah. it's just like, whoa, hold up. Who's this Jesus guy? Yeah. Odin's getting eaten out by a giant wolf. Uh-oh. More like it. Yeah. You heard me. Odin's giant uh, 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 divine butthole is just getting eaten out by this by this wolf. Yeah. Oh, man. You ever think about that, though? All these old god stories, they all had like a bunch of sex and, and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, they're all like, they're like completely just... I can't even remember the one god, um, like Zeus or Odin, one of those guys. They have, like, they just bang, like, 60 fucking ladies in, like, every story. Yeah. And it's like, god damn, they just have, and, like, I'm learning about this, like, when I'm in 10th grade, and we're, like, we're, like, at school, we're not supposed to be allowed to say the word, like, pussy, but apparently we can, like, read about this guy who just fucks everyone's mom and sister. Yeah, and, like appears to impregnate someone as a shower of golden coins. And you're like, how does that even work? Yeah. What are the physics of this? You think, golden coins. Yeah, right. We know what a golden (laughs) shower is. Just just be honest with us. Okay. Oh, man. But yeah, it's like all these old stories have all this like sex and violence. And you get to the Bible and it's just like boring as fuck. God never fucks anybody. Yeah. Even the Bible has some some like you know, wars and rape, rape, a bunch of rape is in the Bible. Yeah. Just weird. So it's like, I don't even know what I'm, what's, what I'm supposed to be getting from this. Samson kills like a million dudes with the, with the ass of a jawbone. No, the jawbone of an ass. <laughs> the ass of a jawbone. <laughs> the ass of a jawbone. Hell yeah, baby. Dude, ass of a jawbone, new band name. <laughs> uh, what's that? I think probably the dimple would be the ass of a jawbone, right? Like basically that's yeah. what the ass would be. Probably the dimple. It's the cutest part. You should think the weird part is is that there's no you don't have an ass in your bones. It's all meat. Yeah. I guess there's an op is there is there an opening where your intestines it has to be like in your pelvis, right? There has to be like an opening now. I haven't looked too closely at the human skeleton in a while. Yeah, but this is something we're qualified to talk about, I don't think. <laughs> no, I, but but I, I am qualified to say there is no butthole on the skeleton. That's that's all meat. 
I, I do have uh, a story about people who aren't qualified to talk about stuff. Hell yeah, I want to hear it. Um, and I will, as people who listen to this podcast know, I'm a huge fan of the National Basketball Association, the of NBA. Yeah. Um, but one thing, as much as I love basketball and I love the players, I love the games, I love everything about it, one thing I will not stand for is the, this new found wave of anti-intellectualism that's happening within the elite players of the NBA. Um, people who don't know what I'm talking about, um, there's been three pretty big incidents within about the last year or so with popular NBA players being complete idiots, um, especially in, ter- in regards to things like science. Um, most recently, um, Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors, uh, probably you know top three best players in the league right now, said that he didn't he doesn't believe that the moon landings happen. <laughs> he said it on a podcast. Um, it wasn't ours. Not so ours. Um, and one thing that no one talks about it uh, that happened on the it's on a podcast called Winging It, which is hosted by Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore, who are two basketball players for the Atlanta Hawks. Vince Carter being one of probably the most. Uh, well-known players of all time. He's very, very good. He's 41 years old, and he's still playing basketball. He's, so he's still very good. Um, the weird thing about what happened on this podcast, though, is that they're talking about space or some shit, and then Steph is just like, oh, so we, you know, we, we never been to the moon. And the weird thing is no one disagrees with him. No one right there is like, what are you talking about? They all just are like, yeah, 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 we haven't been to the moon. So that, just means, that means even more of them don't believe in this. Right, um, yeah. And so the trend was started um, about a year ago. Kyrie Irving, also one of the biggest players in the NBA, plays for the Boston Celtics now. Um, he he uh, believes in the flat earth theory. <laughs> um, and then J.J. Redick, who I think is now on the 76ers, he, he hosts a podcast as well, says he doesn't believe the dinosaurs existed. Okay, come on. How? Yes. So, and it, it's weird, and I mean, the the... Root cause of all of this, and I, this, I can't actually blame the players for this part. They can't control this. But one thing that I really, I really noticed with these basketball players is that, in all honesty, none of them have ever actually had to learn anything. Wow. I mean, this, I'm just saying, because when you, like, if you, especially if you look, uh, especially these days, the, the time that a lot of these guys came up, if you had basketball talent, like, I mean, even at shitty schools, like the one we went to, if you were, a, like, a, a sports star, they didn't make you study. They didn't yeah, make you true. actually learn anything. You go to college. All these players go to college for like one, maybe two seasons. If they're if they're elite players, only go for one season, and their their grades are just given to them. Like you, we've been to college. You see how the football players and basketball players get treated. Yeah, they they don't actually have to do work. So and then you give these guys like thirty million dollars a year and a platform um, where a bunch of young kids are going to listen to them and they can say whatever they want and they don't. They never had to learn that you know maybe we maybe you should you know know that the moon landings happen or that the earth isn't flat um, or that dinosaurs existed. But the, the root problem here is, like I said, a lot of young people watch these guys and look up to these guys. And the more they encourage, um, you know, what I called earlier, like anti-intellectualism or anti-intellectual movement, um, it's going to become a bigger problem. And I think that, I mean, actually, funny enough, just before we started this podcast, I just saw an article um, because NASA invited Steph Curry to come to their headquarters um, so they could prove to him they landed on the moon. Um, and actually, just before this podcast started, um, I saw an article where Steph Curry said he was just kidding on the moon landing thing, but is going to go to NASA, which makes me think he probably wasn't kidding and is trying to save face now. Um, As you would. 
So, I mean, good on him for at least... Cause I, and also Kyrie Irving at one, um, at one point said he doesn't actually live in Flat Earth anymore. But once again, I'm not sure how much of this is saving face and how much of this is genuine like trolling or something. Um, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't believe in Flat Earth because it's a dome theory and the Earth is actually hollow. Come on, people. Yeah, exactly. Hollow Earth is where it's at. So, yeah, and I mean... Yeah, I just think it's a big problem, and I think that um, maybe we should... When, when something like this happens, we shouldn't just call them dumb, even though they are being dumb. We should also, make, like what NASA is doing, try to educate them and say, you know, teach them why, you know, maybe they should rethink some of the stuff they see. Maybe why they should, you know, look at stuff with a more critical eye and scientific understanding, if you will. Yeah, I can um, see that. So, yeah, I think, it's, I think that's pretty important if we're going to... Um, advance as a society because it's especially like I said when people have this big of a voice like like people there's kids out there who listen more to Kyrie Irving than they do to you know their teachers at school probably right. so you know it's definitely important for them to be good role models and to promote you know scientific understanding so that was something that like really had me heated up this week there's there's NBA analysts who were like getting very heated about um, this whole issue, so I kind of hope that maybe they'll see the error of their ways. Yeah, I mean, it's a problem with our culture, I think, where, uh, like you said, like kids especially listen to these like uh, like celebrity uh, slash media figures and get their opinions from them, and it's fucking ridiculous, dude. Yeah, it's it's honestly weird how much, and it's like I think we talked about it before in this podcast. One thing that's happening that's even more terrifying than believing the Earth is flat is there's. There's these kids who are starting to, like, listen to guys like, you know, Sargon of Akkad and all these, like, right-wingers who are, Jordan like... Jordan Peterson. Ta- yeah, Jordan Peterson, all these, like, misogynists and racists. Um, and these people are just these people are just normalizing this behavior for kids. Um, well, did you hear what everyone's favorite gamer, PewDiePie, did? Uh, not recently. Uh, okay, so I should just... I should clarify for a second or, like, give some background here. Everyone, maybe, probably everyone listening to this has heard of it, but PewDiePie is going to lose a top number one subscribe place to an Indian uh, media company. I yeah, believe. called like T Series or something. Yeah, 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 and they're going to overtake him as the most most subscribed channel because let's face it, there are a billion fucking people in India. Of course, they're going to beat everybody else, right? Yeah. That's how it works. Uh, but here's the thing: the uh, he, I mean, he's doing this kind of thing now. People are like, oh, subscribe to PewDiePie, listen to this guy or whatever. He, uh, YouTube is for the people or whatever, whatever the fuck that means. Um, so to, to, to give back, I guess, to people, uh, PewDiePie listed a bunch of his favorite channels recently. And w- did you see that one of the channels he listed was a guy doing uh, like incredibly detailed videos on children's cartoons that turned them into anti-Semitic analysis? So the guy, the guy turned. He he talks about how shows are anti-Semitic. No, he, no, he he injects anti-Semitic a- analysis into these shows. Interesting. Like, you probably never watched a show of Steven Universe. Uh, I love Steven Universe. Oh, you have. Okay, so I've seen uh, the first four seasons. That show's fucking dope. Okay, I didn't know that about you. I knew that someone else, yeah. one of my other friends, had. So I didn't know about. But anyways. Um, he basically turned, he has a long video series on turning that show into a metaphor for how the, the crystal gems or whatever are Jewish people and they're here mm. to destroy the planets. They're, they're here to, to, to destroy our Western culture. Has he, has he seen the show? They're here yeah, to dude. save the world. 
You can twist anything to mean anything if you want it to with enough That's bullshit. In the theme song, they talk about how they're going to save the world. Yeah, but he mean, but to him that means saving it for 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 the the Jewish uh, uh I don't know Zionist conspiracy. Damn, dude. I don't know what it, like, what is it about fucking video games that have turned people into right wingers. What what is it? Where's the connection? Um, I know what it is. If, you, if you'd like to hear about it, of course. We we're on a podcast. Um, okay, so America is a country where talking and thinking about politics is discouraged among young people and really everybody. They tell you the two things you don't discuss are religion and politics, right? Oh, or money no. is or money and politics. Religion, money, and politics. Are the yeah, okay. Things you, don't talk about. things you don't talk about with people. So, I mean, of course, that's a very calculated thing to get people to not talk about their common issues. Yeah, to not engage in actual political discourse. Right. So you have all these young, I'm going to say it, typically white men and straight who don't have politics, don't have any political views whatsoever. They're just like, or they're, they're probably like South Park Republicans where they're just like, I'm going to laugh at everybody. I don't give a shit about anything. Caring yeah. is for, for, for fucking losers or whatever. And they're just going through life, doing nothing. They have no prospects. They have no uh, uh, future in the world. They're just, they, they probably still live in their parents' house they play video games all day. They have no job. Probably either went to college and got a useless degree or never went at all. And, and even younger than that, you know, even just literal children, right? Like like 10-year-olds uh, down to them, right? People like that. Yeah. Uh, the Gen Z or whatever kids coming up. They have no politics, no conception of, of political reality. So they're sitting there watching their fucking favorite YouTuber do whatever. And then this dude who does have politics, or at least has some conception of politics, which are, are right-wing, start saying it, and they just start repeating it and parroting it and thinking that this is normal and okay. And there's, yeah. I mean, how do you counter that? Yeah, it's like, and it's, you know, kind of just, I mean, what, what this whole topic we're talking about is that these guys... These YouTubers, these sports players, these celebrities—they have way more influence than they, than you'd ever think they would. Um, and it's—I mean—it's scary, especially. I mean, if, especially if they're following people who have those kinds of opinions, like people who are openly, you know, anti-Semitic or just any kind of racist or sexist. It's just—it's very dangerous. And I don't—I just—I think it's so weird that it's becoming so normal. Like you to just meet someone, whether it be in the internet, on the internet, or in real life, who like has these really disgusting opinions. Uh, I saw a tweet from ContraPoints, a uh, mm -hmm. big, big-time leftist uh, YouTuber. Uh, watch her videos. They're great, if you're not listening already. Um, she talked about how she does a lot of speaking tours, I guess, now, and she meets a lot of uh, men, uh, 18 to 26 was the age she described, at, like, college campuses and stuff, right? And a mm -hmm. lot of them used to be right-wingers or, like, recovering conservatives slash alt-light, as they say, kind of people. And mm -hmm. she said that the number one reason they gave her that they turned around their life, I'm not even joking, this is what, this is what she said, was that they watched H-Bomber Guy videos on YouTube. Damn, shout-outs to H-Bomber Guy. Fucking literally deprogramming cultists, essentially. Through being funny, I guess. Yeah. And there's just like she and her her point was that these people these left these YouTubers uh uh the the, the, the right wing YouTubers or whatever have such a huge platform penetration into the platform that I mean they're the ones that are they're dictating politics these children and so that's who they learn from and there's no countering voice out there really that's doing something that kids like like watching like watching uh who uh, play video games there's no one doing that and also uh, you know promoting any kind of better politics. Yeah. 
and I think that uh, call me call me silly or whatever, but uh, we someone probably needs to get on that. Yeah. Hey. Uh, tell your friends about this podcast. <laughs> we're we're doing we're doing good stuff. No, nah, dude. We need to, we need to pivot the video. We probably do. You know, we should we should just find out. We play whatever game's hot right now and just talk about socialism over it. Hell yeah, dude. Let's just play Smash and uh, and just talk about fucking socialism. Fucking Smash. Oh my god. Can we talk about Smash for a second? Sure. I'm gonna tell you guys something. I say this. I say this knowing how heavy it is. This is. I'm about to say something like when I call the night comes for us best movie of 2018. Okay. Okay. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Smash Ultimate is the best Smash game I have ever played. Oh shit. I, I think it's better than Melee. I think it's better than Smash 4. I think it's really, really fun. So tell and, me, why do you think that, real quick? I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not challenging you, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of character variety, and that's one big thing. I mean, obviously there's more characters than ever. Um, none of the characters, like, especially if you play at, um, you know, casual to medium competitive levels, none of the characters feel too bad or too good. And... There are advanced techniques like to you know get better at the game and to play at a higher level, but none of them are like as restrictive as something like melee. They have like you know stuff like wave dashing and L canceling that were like very very hard techniques to like weave in and out of your gameplay. Um, there's like very uh, well, there's still a lot to learn, but there's it's very manageable and it just it's beautiful. It looks great. I mean, the Switch is in my opinion the best console there is right now. So having it be on such a good console is even better. And I, I don't know. I just think, I, mean, I just haven't, I played it, even playing against computers, I was having so much fun. And then the night that it came out, I played with two of my friends for, we played for eight straight hours. And it was just, it was just such a good time. And I, don't, I just don't, I just, I was very surprised that I fell in love with it so quickly. It's cool. It's a very, very fun game. I generally only hear good things, so you're probably not alone on this. Yeah, and I don't even, like, fuck with any of the single-player, like, the story mode, any of that shit. I just, I've just played the game. Yesterday, I spent, like, three hours in training mode, just, like, trying to learn new stuff. I just had so much fun. So, I think it's a very good game. And if if anyone out there is in any way interested in this game, I'll say buy it. Cool. Um, So, yeah. And then, also, uh, I'll do another mini-review real quick. You can you can chime in on this one. So we've we've played different levels of this game, different amounts of this game. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two, right? Yeah, that's a game, right? Mm-hmm. Came out this year. It did, and people like went crazy for it. They did. That's about how cool and great it was. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I got to play this game. Um, and I I I finished it the other night. I actually stayed up. I stayed up almost the entire night to finish this game. Um, I played it for. Like, I played it a couple... Uh, I got it, and then I played it for, like, a couple hours here and there. But then this past weekend, um, when I knew I was going to have Monday, like, work from home, which is basically just play video games at home while you type on your computer a little bit, um, I decided to play it. And I played it all day. I played it half the day Saturday, all day, literally all day Sunday, and all day Monday, all the way until, like, Tuesday morning um, to finish it. It's a good game. And the right. story, is, story is good. There's good characters and all that stuff. But, and this is where me and you are both going to probably, we probably have very similar complaints about this game. Tell me your experience with Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, okay, so I bought it the day it came out. 
Um, <laughs> I and since then I've probably played six hours of it. And yeah, I, I played roughly like thirty-two hours. I got to the point where you uh, take that that guy um, who from the Driscolls gang, and he mm-hmm. shows you this cabin, and you you, you raid the Driscolls. Uh, or the O'Driscolls, yeah. and you do take their stuff. You get, you get the the, the double rail shotgun for the first time. Yeah, Kieran, Kieran. Yeah, and then I just kind of stopped playing the game because I because there was a point where I had to walk up to the fireplace and take the shotgun off of it, and then mm-hmm. I had to use probably uh, four different buttons at once to uh, clean the gun, turn it over, loop the other side, clean that side too, and I was like, I'm done. I just, I, I maybe I'm not done. I don't know, but at that point, I was like, "You've gone too far, Rockstar. You, you've made the game too detailed. I don't need all this." It's like yeah, there's the same there's problem I have with the fact that it's so, it's such an animated game in like a positive way, but it also slows things down so much because you have to fucking wait for Arthur to adjust after every small movement you make. So you're trying to loot bodies, which by the way involves an entire another animation to do. You have to wait through all of this, and then there's stuff like you got to eat and drink and sleep, and just like, I don't care. I don't care. Just yeah. let me shoot mans on the back of a horse. It's cowboy times. So I agree. I feel like, I don't think, at the end of the day, it was a good game. But in my opinion, I don't see how it garners as much praise as they got, considering it has, it has a lot of problems that other games simply just don't have. Like... It's very, and sometimes it is not only difficult to control, but fucking annoying to control some of the stuff in this game. Um, and there's like there's stuff like like you said, like sometimes for animations you have to be in the exact right spot for animation to happen. You can't just like press the button and then the game will take care of the rest like a lot of games. Um, you actually have to do everything how they intended you to do. And like when you're running, it takes your stamina away, so you gotta worry about how much you're running, and your horse has stamina. Um, I will say that if you fucking speed run the game like I did, like, I did not worry about doing that much side stuff, I just played the main story, because I just wanted to see how the story panned out. Um, you don't have to worry about eating too much, I really only ever had to eat things, like, two or three times, and feed my horse a couple times. Um, so it isn't as obtrusive, I'm sure it is if you play, if you actually, like, want to enjoy all of the game, you actually have to do more of that stuff. Um... But yeah, it, it's very taxing to play after a while. It's like, okay. And then another thing is, like you said, there's so many controls for certain things. And for some things, they don't ever remind you of what those controls are. Um, which isn't isn't too big of a problem because I have, I guess I had a pretty good memory for some of it. But like one thing I noticed is that like the first time you lasso a guy, it teaches you how to lasso him and like pull him in and hog tie him. Um, I forgot how to do that. I remember how to throw the lasso, but nothing else. So every time I, I tried to press a button, it would let the lasso go and the guy would get away. So every time I lassoed somebody, which isn't too many times in the game, probably four or five times, what I had to do was lasso them, and then they'd stop for a second, then I'd run closer to them, and the lasso would get done, and I'd keep doing it until I was so close that I would the, team, the game would just auto-hogtie them for me. Because <laughs> I, I forgot that combination, so I didn't know what to do. The game never reminds me of this stuff. Um, so yeah, like gameplay-wise, there's so many like small things that other games just don't do, like other Game of the Year contenders like Spider-Man and God of War. They just don't have these problems. And yes, I know that Red Dead Redemption is a very big and ambitious game, but I feel like at some point, and this is my honest opinion, at sometimes I feel like they forgot they were making a video game. And they kind of lost, you know, they kind of lost me on some of the parts of the game where I was just like, this just doesn't feel like I'm playing a game. It feels like I'm being 
forced to torture myself. It's like the opposite of a Kojima game where, like, there's long-ass cutscenes. It's more like, here's long-ass sections of things where you have to be... Like, here's our cowboy simulator game, and yeah. you're going to play that for a while. And Pretty I don't much. Know. Yeah, I'm thinking... I'm, dude, I'm, you reminded me of Spider-Man and God of War, and I I, I would kill for the, those kinds of, like, that smoothness of controls in Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2. I was never, I, I've never been more impressed with the video game's controls than Spider-Man. It was, I, I really felt, I know it's the cliche thing, I felt like I was Spider-Man. It was so fun. Yeah, dude. Um, um, but yeah, I'm going to play more of Red Dead Redemption. I, I, I mean, I spent 60 bucks on it. I'm going to play more of it. It's just, yeah. I got I to gotta work myself up into the into the mindset of, of dealing with it. And I'm going to say this. I think Red Dead Redemption, as a series, um, could make a good, like, five or six season television show on like Netflix or HBO or something. It does feel like that was their intention at certain points. Cause like I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and like overall, like the story and the characters, they would work so well, especially characters like, uh, like Dutch and, um, Micah, um, uh, just these awful people who you get to see just become more and more awful. Like they would be, they would work so well on television. So I think that it would be, that would be like really, really cool. You know what I was thinking about, stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about earlier, you said there was an NBA player who didn't who didn't believe dinosaurs were real. Yes, J.J. Redick. And you know what? I got to empathize with him a little bit. Uh, because when I was a child, and I was in Sunday school, uh, as mm-hmm. you do here in the South, where uh, you're pretty much going to be some flavor of Protestant, most yeah. likely Baptist. In the, in the South, we go to school on Sundays. Some That's people don't true. know a lot. We go to school on Sundays, and it's all about God, and how great He yeah. is, and how... You definitely should never fuck until you until you've been married. Uh, and I remember learning in that in, in Sunday school that dinosaurs were never real because the Earth is only six thousand years old, I think. And uh, so they're like, yeah, it's like four yeah four or five thousand years old. Yeah, and dinosaur bones were put there as a trick from Satan. Of course, I love the I love the good old Satan trying to trick you uh, narrative they try to push on you. Because Satan was a very real thing that we had to worry about. He was not, as they are in some of these uh, more pussy religions or versions oh, of Christianity. No, he's just almost like a, <laughs> everything you encounter they don't like, that's Satan. He's real, man. He's a real red-skinned man with horns who walks around defying God yeah. or something. He's looking at He's watching you. Yeah. He's watching you jerk off, and you're going to hell for it. And. Yes. But I have seen some folks who have a variation on this where the devil didn't put the bones there, but God did as a chance to test your faith. And I'm like, he's kind of a shitty God, isn't he? Yeah. That's kind of a that's kind of a shit thing to do to people. What a weird thing that is. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you reasons not to believe in me to see if you still will. Well if you give me a reason not to, I might not to. You know? You're kind of you're kind of rigging the game against me here, you know? Yeah, it's, I don't know. That's just such that's such a stupid... I mean, if somebody were like, God put the bones there because he fucking punched all the dinosaurs to death, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. If like God just single-handedly went out and just fought all the dinosaurs, that'd be kind of awesome. But you can't tell me that, that, that the Lord wanted to deceive me with the bones of these awesome thunder lizards. I'm a child. I want to believe in the thunder lizards. I, I, I want to like I saw Jurassic Park listen we were all we were all children we all love dinosaurs there's no way around it yeah 
kids see a lizard and they hear about dinosaurs and they're like, what if it was bigger? You're like, yeah, all right, I'm down for this. That's it, true. A big lizard that came in like eight different shapes. There's probably came more eight shapes. On eight different shapes. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So I, I that 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 uh that NBA player, I can't fault him too much. I was taught that when I was a kid. Yeah. How old were you? Uh, now. How old were you? Uh, like seven. Okay. Cool. JJ Reddick's like you know thirty. So. Okay. I mean, you know. Uh, I think some people too are mad. I think there's like a, have you seen this weird reaction people are having like to dinosaurs where they're mad that they have feathers? Yeah, I've seen it. People are like, people like don't like, they act like they act like it affects them. Yeah, dude. There's like Nazis bound up in this shit too. Like if you like feathered dinosaurs, uh, uh, the other side they're like Nazis. They're like no scaly dinosaurs are how it was. Also, white people were the best. I saw this internet comment that was like, I'm reading some article, I can't remember where it was. It's this comment that was like, I truly and honestly believe that the Aryan race was sent from another planet to purge this one of, uh, or make this planet more pure, and other races are only getting in our way. Oh my god. And I was like, damn. And it, the thing is, I think it was like on a, on a, like a, vi- a music video, like, like a Rihanna music video. Calm down, dude. God damn. I was like, man, this guy's this guy's on something else. Now there's a, there's a new twist on the theory for you. Ancient aliens, but they were they, they were white people. We're the descendants of an ancient alien empire, which man, came here really to lame aliens. I know, right? Like, do something better with your fucking time. Jesus Christ, you could do anything. The, 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 some of the weird race theories people have are absolutely bonkers, dude. Uh, I saw one that said that white people were made in a lab by an evil black scientist who wanted to sub, like subjugate all the other black people or something like that using these white devils. And I'm like, <laughs> this is way cooler than what actually happened. <laughs> Which is just that some guys like walked north until they tur- basically basically until they turned white. <laughs> yeah, there's I don't know, man. There's so many motherfuckers up on the internet who are just brazen as all hell about their Aryan race opinions. It's fucking crazy, dude. Like, that's one of those things. When I was a kid, it was like, yeah, we beat the Nazis. They're dead. They're gone. We defeated them. And I'm like, what What happened? When, when, did, they, when did they fucking come back? Um, there was a thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of dumbass internet people, we got to talk again, Seth, about our favorite guy, Boogie. Oh man, what? Okay, so I'm just gonna. I have a, a boogie comment generator in my head. Okay. Um, let me see. This time he said that Harriet Tubman wasn't that good of a person. <laughs> well, because she freed slaves, and slaves were property, so that's a crime. Yeah, exactly. She was stealing from people, and that should be punished. Exactly. See, centrist brain. No. So, did you see that thing about the Fortnite streamer who slapped his wife on stream? Yeah, he like. Committed, like, horrific domestic abuse on a stream, yeah. Yeah, so Boogie uh, posted a fucking great... Dude, incredible galaxy brain take. Where he said, she threw something at him, and he slapped her, and they did it in front of their children. Hang them both. Oh, I did see this. I didn't know that, I didn't know it was him that said it, though. I saw, I saw it as a, a blanked out, like, tweet, like, no, no username or whatever. Yeah. 
That is, yeah, I mean, damn. Feel bad for the children. Absolutely insane, dude. Oh, the woman threw a thing at the man and he committed domestic abuse? Time to kill them both. That, I mean, of all the things for Boogie to, like, have a fucking spine about, it's this. Yeah, exactly. It's that a fucking goddamn barely cognizant child was around when a man horrifically destroyed his wife. Damn. Uh... So, again, this is the kind of person children are watching on YouTube and getting their opinions from. Yeah. And uh, to kind of extend this topic a little bit more, let's talk about an example of somebody, maybe not a YouTube personality, but somebody that some kids probably look up to who has set a good example. Okay. Um, His name is Sonic Fox. Oh, right, yeah. Didn't he win, like, Best Gamer? Yeah, he won, like, eSports Player of the Year. Okay. Um, he is, for anyone who doesn't know, he's a formidable... We talked about him on the podcast once before, I believe. Formidable fighting game opponent. He's play, he plays Mortal Kombat, Injustice, DBZ, or Dragon Ball Fighter Z, um, And he's good at every one of them. Like, he's... he's any, any game he honestly puts his work into, he becomes the number one in the world at. He's very, very good. Um, he's very hype. Um, his sets are incredible. And he's also a queer furry. Um, something people don't really notice at first is yes he is um, both queer and uh, a furry and recently when he won esports player of the year at the game awards he came out in his furry suit um, with his team's jersey on over it and gave a speech uh, real quick does um, remind me of something real quick yes does he play in the, in the fursuit no he um, so for a long time he played with this um, he still does sometimes he has this um, like beanie that has like this it has, like, it, it's really, really long on the sides, and it kind of looks like, you know, fur or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he does not play in the first suit. Okay. But, so he did a, a speech, and, you know, talked about um, um, a lot of cool stuff, and how there's um, very nice about um, another professional gamer named Rewind, whose father died of stage 3 cancer. And re- actually, um, something interesting that happened was he, after uh, Sonic Fox won an Injustice 2 tournament, he gave he donated $10,000 to the guy's family um, to do his nice. medical bills and everything. So, and he got teared up about that. And then, right as the um, teleprompter um, had a message that said, you know, please wrap it up, um, Sonic Fox decided to make one more statement while he was there. And he, I'm going to quote him directly in his final words. He said, I guess I got to say that I'm gay, black, and a furry. Pretty much everything our Republican hates, and the best esports player of the whole year, I guess. And then he walked off the stage. Damn. Yes. So, um, in a very, I'd say, politics agnostic um, kind of event of the Game Awards, um, Sonic Fox decided to actually say something while he was up there, and it was it was really really fucking cool to see this incredible fucking fighting game player who's queer, black, and a furry, get up there and just play, lay it all on the line. This is what I am. There are people out there who do not like me just because of how I decide to, just because of how I was born and how I decide to spend, you know, my sexual free time, I guess. People hate me because of it. And, I mean, that's, that's I guess that's all I can say for now. And it was crazy for that to happen. I mean, I think it was really cool. And I think that maybe this is a kind of, 
a kind of gaming character, not character, a gaming personality that kids should look up to. Yeah, I've seen him on Twitter getting into it now with Ian Miles Chong. Ian Miles Chong. The a Ant-Man. man who, the Ant Man, a man who, I guess, can't play video games very well, so he decides to just make fun of people who play them. Yeah, he can't review games very well or think about games very well, so instead he just posts about, uh, I guess, like mostly conservative politics. Like he's basically a Nazi. And didn't he sort of the escapist? Uh, he, dude. Okay, hold on. He worked, I think, not for the escapist. He had his own thing for a while that I can't remember the name. Gamer Ranks or something like that. Or he was the editor of Gamer Ranks. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, after spending months during Gamergate blasting uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and then doing his crazy fucking heel turn because of one line in a review of The Witcher 3 to going from liberal to Nazi, he got a job working for Milo writing for a column that Milo named the incel corner. Damn. And he never got paid. Even better. He got paid in that fat exposure. Yeah, dude. Working for exposure, except now Milo is bankrupt and his site's gone and everyone still hates Ian Miles Strong. But yeah, I saw him arguing with Sonic Fox. And the thing is, he doesn't know how to deal with Sonic Fox on Twitter because Sonic Fox just straight up insults him and owns him constantly. Sonic Fox understands Twitter. Right, yeah. He knows how to play the game, and basically most of his opponents do not. Yeah. So it's been very funny to see Ian Miles Chong just like, he now pivots onto like decorum, like, how? why would you call me ugly? This is this is bad. This is this is a bad look for you. And Sonic Fox just laughs at him and calls him ugly again. Like, yeah, Sonic Fox is like, uh, he even like, I think one time in one of his tweets he was like, all you do is get on Twitter and talk your trash-ass politics. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty much all he does. Oh, yeah. And also, I just kind of want to push back real, real quick on something you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the Game Awards are politics agnostic. And mm-hmm. I think that openly, yes, they are. But mm-hmm. let's not forget that video games have a lot of politics bound up in them, though. Like, there's a lot of political stuff. Like, like Battlefield and Call of Duty are not free of politics in any way, shape, yeah, or form. of course. And I think a lot of games have a lot have things that they're saying, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. And the Game yeah. Awards, by being this big promotional platform, kind of there's definitely politics there. They're mostly yeah, bad, I, but they're there. Yeah, I'm mostly meant more like you know, like when somebody hosts the Oscars, they they open up with a joke about the president or politics. True. And they talk they, they talk about them on stage like during their bits or whatever. Whereas at the Game Awards, it's more like oh, well, you can shoot more guys now in this game cool we're gamers we don't care about politics even though as we've discussed for about an hour now they do and it's a very big part of games it's just not something that they like to become they like to go outright about yeah and that's something that sonic fox kind of tore down he just straight up said it yeah it's like he's talking about people that uh republicans don't like which is people like him and like you think about it for a second like why did every call of duty game since modern warfare feature you mostly shooting brown people like Come yeah. on, people. Think about it for a second here, and you'll, you'll figure it out. Like, it's all military fucking propaganda, basically. Um, so, okay. So Sonic Fox is, you said, basically the best the best fighting game player. I mean, of the games he plays, yeah. He's, but, not, like, he's not the best Street Fighter player, because he doesn't play Street Fighter. So. But, like, is anybody as dominant as he is in that many games? 
Oh, hell no. I don't think I've ever seen a player this formidable in that many games. Because I generally hear about a guy who, people who play one game. That's their game. Yeah. And it's those, cause those skills are hard to transfer from game to game in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, he got <clears throat> he got kind of lucky in that his Mortal Kombat skills did transition pretty well into Injustice. Um, but as far as Dragon Ball Fighter Z, that's a lot of new skills he had learned, and he's still the best at that. So, yeah, he's he's definitely a probably a once in a lifetime kind of talent in these games, and it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, be kind of sad when he's not playing anymore. By the way, dude, speaking of of just the word Sonic, have you seen this new Sonic movie? Dude, I'm so fucking excited. Have you seen the the posters and the ads? I've seen the... I didn't know there was an ad yet. I saw the poster, though. It's like you, just, you saw the motion poster. Yeah. Did you see the one they put out today? The one that's, like, from his dick perspective or whatever? Yeah, where it looks like he's shooting ropes all over San Francisco. Yeah. And his legs make no sense anatomically. Yeah, but in all of this, you're forgetting to mention who he's voiced by. Who's he voiced by? Ben Schwartz. <laughs> John Ralphio Saperstein from fucking Parks and Rec is playing Sonic the Hedgehog. I feel like I feel like <laughs> I Jim feel like, Carrey. Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. I feel like this movie's gonna know what it is. I, I hope it does. Because the uh, one of the guys who writes it is uh, a frequent guest on one of my favorite podcasts. And I think that if, I mean, from what I know about this guy, if, if they let him have his freedom, it's going to be a very interesting movie. I'm curious. I'm, I'm de- I'll definitely give it a shot. It's just, boy, there, there's, okay, people who listen to this probably know there is a long and storied history of internet fandom for Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, it, it breeded a lot of um, furry types. It did breed types. a lot, I'll tell you that much. It breeded a lot of furry types, people, because once again, this podcast has nothing against furries. No, not at all. Um, but there is a weird subset of these Sonic fans who take it a little too far. And it's 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 like a mixture of bad MS paint and like sexual frustration <laughs> that turns a weird Sonic fan into a whole different breed of person. I'm pretty sure Sonic was the progenitor of the original character Do Not Steal meme. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because so many people like made their own version, their own like Sonic character, which I think is like a like a, a sort of like a convergent evolution thing with furries, and they became the same thing after a while. Yeah. Which again, no problem with those people. That's, that's totally fine. It's just that this movie is going to attract some attention that I'm not sure they were expecting. I mean, once again, I, I think they're being pretty self-aware, and they're, they're, they understand, like, it's not people who are writing this movie have never Googled Sonic the Hedgehog and know what the community is like. That's true, but have the executives? Oh, of course not. Are they, they going to know? They're not ready for it, but, you know, it's, it's not really all about them. That's true. That's true. Fuck those people. But I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I'd, I'd be very, I'd love to see those meetings when the, after the movie comes out. <laughs> whatever, whatever happens, yeah. happens. Yeah, uh, so we there's a, a theater out in, uh, what's what it say, um, Nashville, Tennessee, where a supposed um, orgy broke out <laughs> during the first screening of this movie. Uh, what did you guys write? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, real quick side note, by the way. Um, speaking of celebrities who broke good in the end, 
Have you seen uh, Pamela Anderson? No. Okay, so Pamela Anderson is one of those people that, I mean, we grew up in a house where, there, where uh, Baywatch wasn't really a thing, right? Like, we didn't, we didn't watch Baywatch as kids. Um, yeah. it, I don't know why. Just, I knew that she existed through, like, cu- cultural osmosis, but I yeah. just thought of her I'll as like, a 90s that. TV star, right? Yeah. Um, but recently, dude, with this whole, like, with the Yellow Jackets thing happening in France and the, and the protest against Macron, um... She has revealed herself to be, uh, or to have pretty leftist thoughts. Dude, hell yeah. Pamela Anderson's on our side? <laughs> she was talking about how Macron is just a weak, neoliberal, empty suit, and France and the rest of the world need real economic change, not uh, just rearranging the deck chairs. Damn. And talking Pamela about how, like... Anderson. Come talk on about, a podcast. Talking about how like, f- these riots in France are good, and while she doesn't like violence, she said that uh, violence is like structural, built into the system, and the poor constantly are under violence from the rich. Damn. Who, where, where is this coming from? Uh, someone linked me to a, a Baywatch documentary from back in the 90s. Like they used to, used to make these for, like, the, uh, I don't know, for the show or whatever. Yeah. And you can see Pamela Anderson reading books between takes, and one of those books is literally Dos Capital. Damn. So, like, I'm pretty sure Pamela Anderson's been, like, secretly a leftist for, like, 30 years now. Damn, good on her. It's like, so we got Fran Drescher. Uh, I mean, now we got yeah. now we got Pamela Anderson. Who's our next 90s TV star who's going to turn into a, a communist? Ooh. You know who we have? I mean, this is, this is a dream right here, obviously. Because mm-hmm. it would never happen. You know who the dream member would be? Who's that? Will Smith. Will Smith. If we can get the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on our side. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That would be incredible. But more realistically, I'd say, like, who's, I'm trying to think of somebody who's, like, not mega popular still, but is just just unpopular enough to where, or was popular enough to make a point. Like, I was going to say, like, maybe Dave Coulier from Full House, but who mm. gives a fuck about what Dave Coulier thinks? Roma Downey. Ooh. Oh, Will Friedle. Will Friedle, that Will Friedle, or or I have no idea the actor's name, Mister Feeney. Dude, Mister Feeney. Dude, Mister Feeney was a leftist. It would validate my entire existence. Uh, yeah, exactly, for sure. When like, I was a kid, when I was a child, I thought that Mister Feeney was like the most famous actor in the world. <laughs> I thought that he was like a multi-million dollar movie star. I didn't realize that like people who were on. ABC TV shows weren't the most famous people in the world. Oh my god, dude. Do you remember those movies when we were kids called Prehysteria? Of course. Okay, I used to think those movies were like huge and everyone had seen them, and I did not know they were from Full Moon Productions, makers of incredibly shitty ripoff movies and like low budget cash ins, and that Prehysteria was just a way to cash in on the Jurassic Park hype and do it on the cheapest possible scale imaginable. And no clue. Yeah, no idea. You're a dumb fucking stupid ass kid. How would you do any of that? Yeah, you you don't have conception of like relative popularity of things as you grow up with them. I've said this all the time. When I was a kid, it was like, oh, I just saw Shrek. That's the best movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Shrek 2 comes out. That's the best movie I've ever seen. Shrek 3 comes out. That's the best movie I've ever seen. All right, so there's enough of a gap in those three movies that you probably should have known better by Shrek 3. (laughs) You should have learned your lesson. It's like, 
You have no concept of what's good when you're a child. When I was a kid, I used to think that the guy on TV who did the weather, Pat Prokop, was the was the most famous person in existence. I thought like, that everyone watched WTOC. I thought that dude, was the I thought, news. <laughs> I thought everyone got their news from Mike Sela. Yeah. Oh my god! If you got if people who, for everyone who's listening to this, who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, local news in Georgia is fucking amazing. It is, dude. It's fucking crazy. Oh my god. Uh. So, um, I got one last thing to talk about. Alright. Um, so, this is, this is something that just happened, like, right before we started the podcast, and I just saw it. Um, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. So, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast uh, probably knows that America has been assisting Saudi Arabia in a terrible genocidal war on Yemen, uh, for years. Um... So uh, they've been basically basically our role in this has been providing the Saudis with arms and also blockading uh, food shipments going into Yemen. So there are like uh, uh, I think that the Yemen it's been it's been estimated about fifty thousand people have died so far from starvation yeah. in Yemen that could have been prevented if our ships weren't blockading the place. Um, so today, so there's this big bill going through Congress called the Farm Bill, which is a lot of things. It's basically everything but a bill about farms and farmers. But it's got that name anyways. It has a million riders on it that do all kinds of crazy, horrible shit. And today they're doing a, they were doing a procedural vote, which was basically putting the farm bill forth for voting next week. But attached to that procedural vote was a rider that would say, basically, if you vote yes on this, then we cannot have any more voting or talk or discussion of uh, ending the, our, help, our assistance to the Saudis in Yemen. And... I'll be damned, Seth, if that vote did not pass and block us from leaving the war in Yemen 206 to 203, despite the fact that 18 Republicans voted against it, five Democrats crossed the line to make sure it passed. Um, so I think this is time for hot takes. Okay. Real quick. Want to do a hot take? Sure. Democrats are trash. They really are, and dude. They are spineless, fucking morons who don't deserve uh, any political opinion. No, not at all. And I'm going to give you I their names that? right now, by the way. I'm going to say their Go names ahead. on the podcast. Uh, Jim Costa, Al Lawson, Colin Peterson, Dutch Rupperberger, and David Scott, who's from Georgia. Y'all can get fucked. Yeah, David Scott, do better. I mean, all of you do better, but come on. These fuckers are, uh, they, 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 they literally cross a line when if they had not, if they had just not voted for, uh, against it, or for it, sorry, this would not have happened. It, it would, it, they, this fucking thing would have been advanced, and it could have been shot down. But no, they could not even just bring themselves to vote one time with their own party. Nope, couldn't do it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Well, you talk about it once, we talk about it again. Um, Democrats have... No real stance, and therefore they don't really represent anyone. So um, maybe find a new political party. Maybe the two-party system's fucking broken. So these people basically, uh, they, they sided with Paul Ryan over the rest of us and also over uh, all these Yemeni people who are dying because we're helping the, the, the Saudis. Yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, there's so many things that it's like fucking disgusting. Like, what's going on with Yemen? What's going on with fucking Palestine? Like, and what's any what is anybody actually trying to do about it? 
And the worst part of all this is that this procedural bill is not a big deal. The farm bill is going to pass no matter what. No matter what, the farm bill is going to pass. So these five Democrats could have voted for both the farm bill and against a vote blocking or against a vote blocking a vote on Yemen, but they decided to do both anyways. So why? I'll tell you why. They're getting paid. Yeah, I gotta say another another incredible but also disgusting political move people made over the years is calling something like calling it the farm bill, but it also but it, having writers about fucking our disputes in Yemen. So some people will look at it and say, "Oh, farm bill, that's good for me. I'm a farmer. I live in a, a rural town where there's lots of farmers, and I'm you know I, I want to support more farmers." So they see it. Oh, you, the farm bill passed. That's awesome, and they don't even realize there's so many fucking awful things in it. Like, you could call something the, like, free hand job bill, and it'll actually be something that, you know, makes it so that you can kill everyone's second-born child. They never know. Dude, uh, the, the Patriot Act. Yeah, the Patriot Act. That's probably the smartest one ever. Most famous one. I think most folks at this point probably know the Patriot Act is what lets them do all this torture and black-bagging people in the middle of the fucking night, as long as your skin is slightly darker than a fucking manila envelope. Um, yeah, they know it now. Yeah, we know it now. But how many other bills do we not know about that have the exact same problem? Yeah. They're just named something innocuous and they do terrible shit. I don't know, dude. But that's my that's my last note of the of the of the podcast. I'm sorry to leave it on kind of a downer, but hey. uh, everyone should just know fuck the Democrats. Fuck them for this. Yeah. They they have no spine. No. They have no party unity. Uh so I'm not. I, I can't. I mean, once this new Congress gets sworn in next year, I think that the progressives will have enough of of a, of, a, of a voice to to wield some power. But until then, which probably is thankfully not much longer, we're just stuck with these jackasses, and that's too bad. Um. So Seth, you got any more any more thoughts? Any more fi- any more final notes? Uh, final notes. Uh, if you're interested, play Smash Brothers. I <laughs> I, I, I think it's an incredible game. Um, and I'm as soon as this podcast's over, I'm gonna fire it up and go back into training mode for a little bit. So yeah, cool, cool. Uh, so uh, you could find me on Twitter. I am at MC Surf. Oh, sorry, I'm on Twitter at Life of Seth. Our art is done by the mysterious, elusive man of international mystery, uh, Marcus Barkley. You saw him recently in real life. Yeah, he showed up at our house unannounced. Uh, to, to, to hang out with me for like three hours and then drive three hours back to his his new home. here Back, back here in Georgia. He's back in GA, baby. Okay, so there's a chance to get him on the podcast now. Uh, I told him already. He needs to get down here. I, he, he, he can talk into this mic with me the same as I do. I'm not sure how we'd patch your audio into his head. Uh, probably a second pair of headphones, I guess. I mean, me and Marcus have to look at the anyways. That's true. You guys don't even need to to speak to each other. You can just look at each other across the gulf of space. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. You can find him uh, on Twitter at Ben something. Who cares? The real Ben Powell, Uh, I believe. Real Ben Powell, something like that. Um, Much like real Donald Trump. Mm. not saying there's a connection. Um, He has a podcast called Southern Smackdown. Yeah, Southern Smackdown. Uh, It's a wrestling podcast hosted by two guys from the South. So it's it's a fun time. So if you like wrestling, check him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have stopped trying to solve our problems and just trying to outlive them. Fuck 
first reformed and NBA players who are anti-science. <laughs> you can uh, lead a horse to water, but you can't make them get under it. And from New Orleans to New York. That's the Illinois Podcast. Bye, we're out. <laughs>